The following message is from Temple Bible Church. For more information about the church and its ministries, visit www.templebiblechurch.org. Just as a reminder, if you look on the screens in front of you, we provide for you an opportunity to get into the Word of God. Uh, These helps are available in the hallway. Uh, Feel free to help yourselves to those and be men and women of the Word. Secondly, ladies, Fresh Grounded Faith will be here at TVC for women in Central Texas. We get to host it. It's a great opportunity for us to do it. There are tables in the hallway. You can purchase tickets today. And finally, Impact is coming up. It's a church-wide event. We need literally hundreds of volunteers for that. We need numerous homes still for you to host and let your house become uh, or your na- a lighthouse for your neighborhood. So stop at the Impact table following this service and uh, sign up to host and to serve, to volunteer as we need all of us participating together. Well, we celebrate God today. We celebrate God today. We celebrate uh, you as ladies today. So, ladies, uh, you ever wonder what your kids think about you? I mean, you ever, they probably tell you often, but uh, there was a, a question asked to second graders. Second graders, and the question asked to these second graders is, why did God make moms? Now you can imagine, these are, how many of you have second graders out there? Let me see your hands, a uh, number of you. Yeah, there we go. So why did God make moms? Well, uh, the, follow-up, the, uh, the first answer was mostly to clean the house. <laughs> Ladies, can you relate to that? Uh, sounds like a second grader answer. Uh, secondly, to help us out of there when we're getting born. And uh, so some second graders think. Uh, what ingredients are mothers made of? I, I like this as uh, God makes mothers out of clouds and angel hair and everything nice in the world and one dab of mean. <laughs> Can you hear your second grader saying that? I mean, really. Uh, what are moms made out of? They get their start from men's bones, then mostly they use string, I think. So uh, if you're not tied together well, uh, you blame a second grader. What kind of little girl was your mom? I I don't know because I wasn't there, but my guess is she was pretty bossy. Uh, What kind of girl was your mom? Uh, They say she used to be nice. Um, Why did did your mom marry your dad? Uh, Here we go. My dad makes the best spaghetti in the world. My mom eats a lot. I bet she was excited to hear that when she got home, right? Um, my grandma says my mom didn't have her thinking cap on. That's why she married my dad. <laughs> wow. Um, if you could change one thing about your mom, what would it be? Uh, I'd make my mom smarter than she would know it was my sister who did it and not me. <laughs> and I'd make my, I, I, I would like for her to get rid of those invisible eyes on the back of her head. <laughs> Just like a second grader. See, I told you, that's how she does it. Hey, Mom, that's really what we think about you. I mean, we are so grateful for you today. So here's what I'd like to do. If you are not a mama, okay, think about that for a second. If you're not a mama, I want you to stand up. You're not a mama, stand up. This, if you're not a mama, there we go. This is called, ladies, a standing ovation from those of us who are standing. We're grateful for you. Now, here's what I'd like to do. If you're standing up, I want you to sit. If you're a mama, I want you to stand. So everybody else sitting, mamas are standing right now. Ladies, I'd like to pray over you, and I'd like to pray for you before we begin this message. So if there's a lady standing around you, would you just lay your hand on her? Let's make sure everybody's getting touched somewhere today. Father, it's with uh, great joy that we honor these mamas. It's with great joy that we honor the gospel 
that teaches us about true grace. And so, Father, today as we look at the Word, would you teach us? Thank you for these mamas. Father, I pray that there'll be women who walk with you, who honor you, and their days will be filled full of you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thank you, ladies. Being a mama of grace, being a mama of grace. Before we get there though, before we get there, let me remind you of something, ladies. Before you can be a mama of grace, you have to understand grace. Let me repeat that. Before you can be a mama of grace, you have to understand grace. Grace is God's free gift of salvation in Christ that not only saves us, but transforms and empowers us. I've been on a journey the past year, I've been challenged by some of my friends to study grace more, and so I've done that. And uh, there's no doubt that grace is not only that which saves us, but that which transforms and empowers us through a lifetime. And it's only when we have that as our foundation, only when we have that as a motivation that we can become men and women, dads and mamas of grace. In, eight, in Romans chapter eight, verse one, Paul says, there's therefore no condemnation for those of us in Christ Jesus. Let me repeat that. There's therefore no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. Say with me, no condemnation. There is no condemnation. So that's the truth about who we are. Matt Chandler writes these words. Romans 8.1 tells us that there's no condemnation for us, not because of all the great stuff we've done, but because Christ has set us free from the law of sin and death. My sin in the past is forgiven. My current struggles are covered. My future failures are paid in full by the marvelous, infinite, matchless grace found in the atoning work of the cross of Christ Jesus. Chandler's a pastor, as you know, the Village Church, many of you in the Metroplex area, a great young man to listen to preach the gospel as I do week after week. And he says, this is what grace is, recognizing where we are. With that foundation, it's only when we have that foundation, when we understand what grace is, that we become men and women of grace. So I wanna talk to the ladies today. Men, you can eavesdrop on this conversation if you desire being a mama of grace. First of all, a mama of grace grounds her children in truth. She grounds her children in truth. We spend a lot of time looking at different Proverbs today. There's a list in the bulletin, the, the acrostic you have in front of you has all of these verses listed. You can look at them later. I'll pop most of them up on the screen. Be a mama who grounds your children in truth. If you look at Proverbs 1.8, it says, hear my son your father's instruction and do not forsake what? your mother's teaching. And then if you look at Proverbs 6.20, my son observe the commandment of your father and do not forsake what? The teaching of your mother. So twice we see early on in the Proverbs that young men and women are instructed to listen to the teaching of their mama. Ladies, discipleship begins at home. The greatest impact any of us can have is on the next generation, but discipleship begins at home. It begins with you being part of grounding your children in truth. Start with their babies. All these precious little ones are up here, you mamas who are up here with us, the others of you who have little ones, start when they're young. I mean, when you're rocking those little ones to sleep, you sing songs about Jesus. When you're rocking those little ones to sleep, you pray and, and talk about Jesus. We, Bev and I, for years, when, when, our, when our grandkids were little, I'd whisper in their ear, honey loves you, Papa Doe loves you, Jesus loves you. Then I'd nibble on their ear and they would start laughing and laughing and laughing. Just pulse into their lives the truth of God's word. They're not going to hear Jesus from the joint of their mother, which are the joint they're going to hear it from. 
And so you've got that privilege. You have that opportunity to speak truth, Paul's truth, into their lives. Read them Bible stories. After I did this first hour, I said, you know, just read Bible stories. There was a little girl, probably about six years old. I don't even know who she was. She came running up here. I'm still standing up here. After first, I said, Pastor Gary, Pastor Gary, my mama gave me this, and it's the storybook of the Bible. She reads it to me all the time, and then she just turned and ran. I have no idea who she is. That little girl is already learning that mama is somebody who teaches me God's word. Mama's one who is grounding me in the truth of God's word. I, 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 I usually bring Bev's Bible up here. I forgot to get it. She's out of town this week. Uh, some of you said, what are you doing here? You're all scruffy. What that means is Bev is out of town. It'll be gone before Tuesday when she gets back. She hates us. But I usually bring Bev's Bible up here, and when I open her Bible, if you were to look in her Bible, I don't write much in my Bible, but her Bible is written on over and over and over. In the things she writes, she'll write notes in it from sermons or from things she studied, but she also has dozens and dozens of verses. If you looked in her Bible, it'd have a date, and it would say, pray this for Sarah and Daniel, pray this for Sarah and Daniel, pray this for grandkids, pray this for grandkids. Be a mama who models that. Be a mama who grounds your kids in truth. Pray for them, pray with them, and pray over them. Pray for them, pray with them, and pray over them. Be a mama who grounds your kids in truth. My mama led me to faith in Christ when I was five years old. I heard a sermon in church on Sunday morning. We went home that night. I got on my knees. I was a, a five-year-old, bald, chubby little guy. And, uh, <laughs> and I got on my knees with my mama, and she led me to faith in Christ at age five. Be a mama who teaches truth to your kids, who pulses that into them, who lets them know who Jesus is, who tells them about the Savior and the love of the Savior. So many of your moms are doing that now. You know, one of the privileges of pastoring the same place for a lot of years, you get to watch mamas do that. You get to watch them and and you see generations. Some of the folks that are up here, I dedicated them when their mamas brought them up here. And it's a real privilege to see generations rise up and bless the Lord together. Moms, I want to encourage you today. Maybe you do a great job. You do a great job of loving those kids and teaching truth to those kids and praying over those kids and praying with those kids. And and, and you teach them. Teach and model truth to your kids. A 51-year-old lady said this, I've learned that you can't expect your kids to listen to your advice and ignore your example. They're not going to listen to your advice and your example. Jim Dobson said, train up a child in the way you should go, but make sure you go that way yourself. And grandparents, we have a great privilege, don't we? How many of you are grandparents out there? Let me see those hands, grandparents. We got a great privilege. We love them, we spoil them, we send them home. It's wonderful. (laughs) I mean, it's a wonderful thing. And we have a great privilege, but I want you to know, they watch you. They watch everything you do. They watch every step you take. There was a five-year-old watching her grandma put her makeup, and she often did that, and uh, she was putting her makeup on, and then she applied her lipstick, and the grandma started to leave, and the five-year-old tugged on her and said, Grandma, you forgot to kiss the toilet paper goodbye. <laughs> now, those of us that are guys, I have no idea what that means, but those of you ladies, you understand what we're talking about there, right? I mean, there's the reality. We have the great privilege of modeling that before them. And ladies, you're teachers, whether you recognize it or not. I mean, you're teaching. They're listening. You know, at Father's Day, oftentimes I say we all have the same daddy. I've said that oftentimes, you know, go to spank your kids. You're going to tell them that's going to hurt me more. It's going to hurt you. And daddies typically do that. But we all have the same mama too. Do you know that? I mean, we do. Uh, Things your mama taught you. Make sure to always change your underwear. Why? 
in case you get an accident. We all know that. Our mamas told her, you never know when you're going to get an accident. How many of you had mamas that said that to you at some point in time? Raise a hands high. There we go. Uh, here's another one. Uh, don't make that face or... Yeah, it's going to stay like that. It will. We all had the same mama. You didn't believe me. It's true, isn't it? Uh, here's another one. Be careful with those scissors. You know what I do with my mama? Now that I have a glass eye, I walk around scissors and just do that all day long. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> Kids, don't try that at home. That's a disclaimer. Don't do that. Don't do that. Um, if everyone jumped off a cliff... I mean, we all know what every mama says. Would you do it too? Uh, come on, close that door. Were you... And uh, then finally, if you don't have something nice to say, we all have the same mama. Everybody in the whole world has the same mama. Mamas, how many of you had mamas that told you all those things? You said, I'm never going to repeat those to my kids, and you've repeated them to your kids. Let me see your hands. There you go. Same thing as daddies, okay? Uh, That's what happens. So you're teaching your kids. Here's my encouragement to you. Teach your kids truth. Teach your kids truth. Pray over them, pray with them, love on them, care for them, and make sure they hear that. The R, she's reliable for her children. Pastor Gary, what does that mean? It means she's consistent. She's consistent. It doesn't mean you're going to be perfect. Nobody's perfect, but it means you're consistent. See, some of you had mamas who were inconsistent. They were sweet one day and mean the next. They were caring one day and harsh the next. They were loving one day and distant the next. They were kind one day and angry the next. How do you live your life consistently? Well, it's grace, everything we talked about. That's the foundation. Proverbs 31, ladies, you know that chapter. When you hear somebody talk about Proverbs 31, chapter written to ladies, the end of that chapter, beginning in about verse 13, 12 or 13. At the end of that chapter, it says this, her children rise up and bless her. Ladies, don't you want that? Don't you want your children to rise up and bless you? Her husband also praises her. Don't you want to be a woman whose husband praises her? Men, that's a great admonition to us to praise our mothers and the wives of our children, or the mothers of our children as well. Many daughters have done nobly, but you excel them all. You know what the next verse says? Some of you have this memorized. It says, charm is deceitful, beauty is vain, but a woman who fears God is to be praised. Charm is deceitful, beauty is vain, but a woman who fears God, that's the woman that's going to be praised. And so my encouragement to you, and many of you do this, is to be a woman who fears God, walks with God. I did a wedding last night out in Gatesville area, beautiful setting. And same thing at every wedding. It's a privilege to do. And I, I got interested last week. I've done over 200 weddings. I'm a wedding coordinator planner. I didn't realize I'd do that when I took this job. But it's the same thing at every wedding. All the people are waiting up here. You've got mamas there and daddies there, mamas there and daddies there, and you've got all these dudes standing over on this side and all the bridesmaids standing on this side, and you've got this dude who's a gorilla who's going to take someone's daughter home at the end of that service. And, and uh, all of a sudden, the music starts. It's the bridal march. The back doors pop open. And there is that woman in all of her beauty. She spent four hours putting on makeup. When's the next time ladies are going to spend four hours putting on makeup? Everybody gets their hair done. Everybody has a special outfit. I mean, it is a grand, glorious day. A bride in all of her glory. Beautiful young ladies. Scriptures say, charm is deceitful, beauty is vain. Nothing wrong with beautiful women. Look around, we've got beautiful women here. But a woman who fears God, that's a woman to be praised. And so, ladies, that's my encouragement to you. Be a woman who fears God, who walks with God, honors God. And as you do that, you'll be modeling to the next generation the truth 
of who, who Christ is, who Jesus is. Some of you had reliable moms. You had consistent moms. You had moms that loved you and cared for you. And uh, if that mom is here today, I, I want you, you may have to get up, but I, I want you to give that mom a great big hug right now. You've got a mama here, young people. Uh, maybe you're an adult like I am. Uh, you've, you've got a mama here who loved you and cared for you. You do that. If the mother of your children is here, the mother of your children, now's a good time to reach over and give her a hug and thank her. So uh, if you're a husband and you've got a wife there and the mother of your kids, you reach over, you stand up and give her a hug right now and thank God for her. Tell her how grateful you are for her. Take a minute and do it. Go ahead. Yeah, it's a great privilege. We've got some godly, godly women here and I'm so grateful. And you know, one of, the most un- one of the most difficult jobs and underappreciated and unappreciated jobs is being a mama. I mean, it, it's a, it, it's a, I'll never forget the first time that I kept my kids for a weekend by myself. It lasted eight days. <laughs> it was only 48 hours or so, but it lasted eight days. Bev went away to a women's conference. She left as early on Friday morning as she could and came back as late on Sunday evening as she could. And I was a babbling idiot by the time she got home. And I'm thinking, she does this every day of her life. How does she do it? How does she do it? Women, we, mamas, we appreciate you. One author writes this. She said, an older, tired-looking uh, um, uh, dog wandered into my yard. A golden retriever wandered into my yard. I, I could tell from his collar and well-fed belly that he had a home and he was well taken care of. He calmly came over to me. I gave him a few pats on his head. Then he followed me into my house, slowly walked down the hallway, curled up in the corner of my house or hallway and fell asleep. An hour later, he went to the door, scratched on it, so I let him out. The same routine happened almost three weeks, almost every single day. This dog I didn't know came to my front yard. I'd pat him on his head, follow me into my house, walk down the hallway, lay in the corner, sleep for an hour to hour and a half, scratch on the door, I'd let it out and go home. So I was curious. I penned a note to the collar. I, I would like to find out who the owner of this wonderful sweet dog is and ask you if you're aware that for the last three weeks, almost every afternoon, your dog has come to my house and taken a nap. The next day, the dog came back and had a different note pinned to its collar. It said this, this dog lives in a home with six children. Two of them are under age three. He's trying to catch up on his sleep. Do you mind if I come with him tomorrow? <laughs> hey, mamas, can you identify with that? Let me see your hands. I mean, you know what it's like not to be able to have a good night's sleep because they're up at all hours of the night or early in the morning. You never get to sleep in and you're just worn out. To, to have a morning where you can just sleep in and take it easy. Guys, that's a good gift we could give our wives, the mothers of our children, even right now. So you ground them in truth. You're consistent, reliable to them. You affirm them. Let me give you two ways to affirm your kids. Your presence and your words. Your presence and your words. P-R-E-S-E-N-C-E. Presence and words. John chapter 19 describes the crucifixion of our Savior. And it says that there were some women around the foot of the cross, including whom? His mother, Mary. Mary was there, obviously, when he came into this world. And Mary was there when he exited this world. I can't imagine anything more difficult than watching a child die. It's so difficult for a parent to bury a child. And we've done that numerous times here at TBC. It's one of the most difficult things to do. And here's Mary watching her son, God's son, her son, her savior, give his life for the world and for her. And Mary was there. Never underestimate the presence the power of your presence in the lives of your sons and daughters. I peaked athletically in about the seventh grade. 
I, I tell folks uh, when I played football later on, I, I, I played three positions, in guard and tackle. I sat at the end of the bench, guarded the water, and tackled anybody that came near it. And, uh, but when I was in ninth grade, junior high in New Orleans at that time, seventh, eighth, and ninth were all junior high. And uh, so I played football and I was uh, big and I was slow. And so what that meant is I didn't play a whole lot. It meant I was a special teams guy. You know, how many of you guys know what that means? Don't, you don't have to raise your hand, but if you're big and slow, you play special teams, you're not that great. And so I played special teams. That meant in junior high school, you might play seven or eight, 10 plays a game at the most. So I'm the guy that in warm-ups, I made sure, man, I hit the ground hard, rolled around a little bit to make my uniform look dirty uh, so that people would think maybe I played a little bit. It, when it rains in Louisiana, it rains. I mean, it, it's like the, the, the bottom drops out. It's kind of like we've had spring rings here this year. And there was a ninth grade football game that, uh, that I was attending with a uniform on and playing on rare occasion. And uh, <clears throat> I mean, the bottom dropped out. The bottom dropped out. It's raining cats and dogs. I mean, it's just pouring down. And uh, you look up in the stands and it's these old bleachers, you know, small bleachers. And there might have been six or eight parents there. My dear mama sitting over there under her umbrella, watching me on special teams, watching that. And I'm going to tell you, you'll never underestimate the presence of a mom or a dad. Just show it up. Just be in there. And then words of affirmation, speaking words of affirmation, tell them how much you love them. Listen to them. When our kids were little, if we weren't listening to them, all of a sudden they'd grab our face and they'd go like that the whole time. And you know, that's one of the privileges of being a grandparent. We can take time to listen because parents are so busy. But listen to them. I, I asked some ladies this week, what are some of the ways you encourage your kids? I got all kinds of responses. I loved it. Text messages, phone calls, putting notes in their lunch picking up at school and take them to Sonic when they didn't know it, uh, having campouts in the living room on the weekends. I mean, all kinds of things I got back. Be a mom who speaks words of affirmation into your kiddos. It's a great privilege, and they'll run through walls for you. Uh, Bev was great at that, and uh, Sarah is great at it. Uh, our granddaughter, we've got five grandboys and one granddaughter, and we call Emerson, our granddaughter, the princess warrior. I mean, she's... She's tough, man. When you got five, you know, either brothers or cousins. And uh, when we were away last week, uh, Emerson decided she wanted to take dance this past year. So she's four years old taking dance. And uh, she's got as much rhythm as I've got. That's not a whole lot. I mean, so Sarah sends us, our daughter sends us a video of Emerson doing her recital. We were away, so we get the video. And, uh, but I mean, bless her heart, she was the cutest one there. I'm not kidding. She's the cutest one there. <laughs> but she was the worst one there. I mean, <laughs> Sarah, don't let Emerson listen to this if y'all are together, okay? I mean, the video, she's out of rhythm, she's out of steps, and, and so that night we get a phone call. We're Bev and I are in a hotel with the rest of our staff in California. The phone call, and said, honey and Papa, I, I, I know you can come to my recital, I know mom sent your video. I'm the best dancer in the whole world, aren't I? I mean, they had taken her to dinner. They had spoken truth to her. They had loved on her. They didn't tell her she's the best dancer in the world. But they, they had honored her. They had spoken those words into her life. Do that with them. You've got a great privilege, ladies. Dads, we've got that great privilege. You know, it's an interesting passage. Paul is writing to Timothy. And he says, Timothy, continue in what you have learned and become convinced of because you know those from whom you've learned it. 
You know who they learned it from, from their infancy? You know who they learned it from? It says earlier, from Lois and Eunice, your grandmother and your mother. If you look at First Timothy 1, that's who they learned it from. And so it talks about women who spoke truth into the lives of the next generation. So we have a privilege to do that. Be a mom who affirms, whoops, I started that too early. So here, here's the reality. We have an opportunity to affirm generations. We can speak truth into their lives. And moms, I want to give you a chance to do that right now. You've got sons or daughters with you right now. Why don't you lean over and affirm them? Give them a hug, give them a kiss, thank them for being the kids they are, thank them for being here with you. So moms, go ahead and do that with your sons and daughters right now. Take a, if you've got to stand up, stand up and do it. It's okay. So, so moms need encouragement too. And you know, ladies, what I've learned uh, as a parent is sometimes we don't learn what we did to our parents till we have kids, right? So watch this video, encouraging moms, thanking moms. I'm sorry, mom, for all the endless piles of laundry. Arms up. I'm sorry for not giving you one moment of silence. I'm sorry. For everything. I'm sorry, Mom. For all those times that I came home late. I'm sorry for always fighting with my brother. For treating you like an ATM machine. For breaking your heart over and over by thinking I knew better. Parenting is the hardest thing I've ever done. But I've learned how to do it from you. Thank you for teaching me. That giving of myself is the strongest way to live. That allowing my kids to fail will teach them the greatest lesson. Thank you. For teaching me that I can go one more day. That parenting is the greatest honor in the world. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, mamas, can you relate to that? Uh, we, we do. We thank you. We thank you. We want to honor you, bless you, encourage you today. Uh, fourthly, being a mama grace means grounding, being consistent, reliable, affirming, corrects her children. You know, we live in an age where abuse is rampant. We're not talking about abuse here. We're talking about boundaries and discipline. And it's important. It's scary to be a five-year-old and in charge of your world and your life. And I've seen five-year-olds that are. They rule the roost. And we're talking about the loving discipline of a parent who cares. You need to be friends with your kids, no doubt, but you need to be a parent first. And as your parent, you set loving boundaries and you discipline them when that happens. Proverbs talks a lot about that. Proverbs says, a wise son makes a father glad, but a foolish son is a grief to his mama. And so if you're a foolish son or daughter, you bring your mama grief. Proverbs says, a wise son makes a father glad, but a foolish man despises his mama. Proverbs says this, listen to your father who begot you and do not despise your mother when she is old. So you got an old mama, you still honor that mama. Uh, the rod and reproof give wisdom, but a child who gets his own way brings shame to his mother. A child who is undisciplined and who rules the roost and who just runs around like a banshee all the time brings shame to his mama. And then correct your son and he will give you comfort. He will be a delight to your soul. 
The next one is my favorite one. Before we go there, sometimes I line my grandkids up if they're being bad, and I say, the Bible tells you this, and here's what it says. It says, the eye that mocks a father and scorns a mother, the ravens of the valley will pick it out, and the young eagles will eat it. (laughs) And so I'll look at my grandson and say, if you don't listen to your mom and dad, a bird's going to come out of the sky, pluck your eye out, and eat it. And they just look at me, what he's gone crazy on us. What is he doing? I say, you see what happened to me? It can happen to you if you don't take care of your... Papado, you're crazy. We're not going to let you. What's the point of all this? Hey, the point of all this is loving discipline goes so far. There's a five-year-old girl whose mom and dad were killed in an accident, went to live with an aunt and uncle. Her name was Sharon. One day after being in the family for six months, family of four adopter, aunt and uncle adopter, they had four of the kids. This five-year-old looked up and said, Mom, you don't love me like you do the others. Tears filled the aunt's eyes, and then she called mom now. And she said, why do you say that? What do you mean? Of course I love you like the others. Because you never spank me like you do the others. What she's saying is, you don't love me enough to correct me. It's a great display. Kids know that. They see that. Finally, uh, you correct them, you enjoy them. You enjoy them. Psalms one, Psalm 127.3 says, Behold, children are a gift of the Lord, the fruit of the womb is a reward. Enjoy the kids God's giving you. The busyness of life, sometimes we're so consumed with life that we forget to enjoy the gifts that God gives us. And that child that you hold, that child in your home is a gift that God's given you. Enjoy them. Because you're going to look up one day, and guess what? They're gone. They're going to grow up and they're gone. I saw some posts on Facebook last night uh, from moms and dads going to get their kids at college and coming home. That's where they belong. That's where they need to be, writing about that. And uh, you, you turn your head and they're, they're gone. I, I, I love uh, the, the line, is it Fiddle on the Roof or Dr. Zhivago? It says, uh, sunrise, sunset, which is that? Fiddle on the Roof. Sunrise, sunset, sunrise, sunset. Then it talks about uh, when, they, when did they grow older? And uh, the time just marches on. Enjoy them while you got them. The privilege. Man, summer's coming. Go swimming with them. Don't watch from the edge of the pool. Jump in the water. And apply that to everything in life. Enjoy the gift of the kids God has given you. If I had my child to raise all over again, I'd finger paint more and point the finger less. I'd do less correcting and more connecting. I'd take my eyes off my watch and watch war with my eyes. I'd take more hikes and fly more kites. I'd run through more fields and gaze at more stars. I'd do more hugging and less tugging. I'd be, less, I'd be firm less often or firm much more. I'd teach less about the love of power and more about the power of love, right, one author. So moms, we're grateful for you. Grateful for godly mamas. I opened up by talking about grace. You know, for some of you, Perhaps it's uh, knowing and receiving Christ for the first time as your Savior today. Or maybe you're a young person here. The greatest joy you could bring to your godly mama today would be trusting Christ. Uh, Worship team, would you guys join me? And so here's how I'd like to conclude this service. A year ago on Father's Day, I asked men to come and pray for their families. And I had a number of ladies after that say, Gary, would you let us do that too? So... Here's what I want to do. If you desire, and if you're capable and able, I want you to come and just populate the front up here, get in your knees, uh, down the aisles if we fill up, which we did last hour. And I want mamas to intercede for their families. 
I want mamas to come before God's throne. I want them to call out the names of their children and grandchildren before God. And so the ladies on the worship team are going to sing and we're going to pray. I'm going to walk around if I can and place my hands on the back of you ladies, so don't be startled. And I'm going to ask you to intercede for your family. So if you're capable, able, and desirous, some of you aren't capable, able, desire to, that's fine. Stay where you are. But if you would like to intercede for your family, I'm going to ask you to join me up here and do that when the worship team sings. So let's all bow our heads together and ladies, you can make your way to the front. Father, thank you for the privilege of honoring mamas. And I pray blessing over them.